this is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, August 15th, 2010. Must See TV, The Apprentice. He used to do it like this, you're fired, and now it's, you're fired. I just realized I should have done a comb over this morning. (laughs) Shouldn't I? I don't think you'd be going home with me with that. But I don't know how he gets his hair. I don't know how he does that thing. It's fake. I couldn't have done it if I want. Oh, boy. That's even worse. Lots of gel. You're fired. The trademark of Donald Trump. You'd be fired if you did that. You're fired. You're fired. Trademark of Donald Trump. What's the name of the show? There you go. Show where originally it was. They changed it up some, but originally 16 to 18 uh, business people compete in an elimination-style competition for a one-year $250,000 position to run one of Trump's companies. 200, quarter of a million dollars. Golly day. But anyway, I changed it up some. I think celebrities are on it now, and they're competing for uh, money for a charity or so. How many watch that show? Anybody? No wonder it's about to go off the air. Okay. Uh, how many have ever heard about the show? Okay. All right. All right. Well, here's an interesting, I think, observation, but I made it up, so that's why I think it's interesting. Um, on that show, more people get fired than get apprenticed, right? So they ought to call the show, You're Fired. Yeah. So The Apprentice. You know, Donald Trump might think he has a handle on that, but he didn't even create the idea of being an apprentice. This concept has been around for thousands of years. We see it in history, and most certainly we see it in the Bible. We see this concept of the apprentice in the Bible, and that's what we're going to focus on this morning, what an apprentice looks like from a biblical perspective. Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, we thank you so much for today. We thank you that we were able to praise and worship your name and and say together that you are God of this city. Lord, you're the God of the city, but you are the God of each one of our hearts. You created us. You knit us in our mother's womb. Thank you for designing us just the way you wanted us to be. And now help us live into that. Help us see what you have in store for us today, found in Scripture, as we take a look at The Apprentice. We pray this in your holy name, and all of Connection Church said, Amen. Amen. Okay, The Apprentice, so let's start with what an apprentice is. The word came actually into the English language back in the 14th century comes from Old French. Who here speaks French? Excellent. All right. It comes from the word A-P-R-E-N-T-I-S. And how would we pronounce that? Right. Apprentice. Right? Apprentice, which means someone learning. It comes from even further back, some Latin thing had to do with learn. Someone learning. And so in English, we have several definitions. One probably the most familiar of an apprentice is someone who's learning a trade, right? Like you might be an apprentice electrician or a carpenter or a plumber or a python. I know some of you are 
uh, were apprentices at one time as you were learning your trade and learning how you now earn a living uh, full-time in that type of employment. An apprentice, though, can also simply mean a beginner, a learner, someone who is learning from someone else. Now, spiritually speaking, an apprentice is someone who learns spiritual matters from someone who may be a little bit farther along in their spiritual journey. We often call that person a mentor. Mentor. The mentor then serves to teach and guide and, and encourage and counsel the apprentice along the way. This mentor-apprentice relationship, you know, it's really crucial for our spiritual journey to have a relationship like that. Okay, so the most notable uh, mentor in Scripture would be Jesus himself, right? That's sure. That's usually always the right answer. Yeah, yeah. And it's like that joke where the kids, in, uh, you know, they have a little message for the children. They say, what's brown with a long tail? And Joey, who always answers questions, doesn't even answer. And she, the, the Sunday school teacher finally says, Joey, come on. He says, well, it sounds like a squirrel, but we're in church, so it's got to be Jesus. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the answer is always Jesus. Or Jesus is, is the mentor. He mentored 12 disciples along with many other people, but we're most familiar with the 12 disciples, right? I mean, they did life together. He taught them. He guided them. He counseled them. For three years, he poured himself into them so that then after he was gone, physically gone, I mean, he continues on with us through eternity, but once he was physically gone, they would be able to carry on the ministry that he had taught them to carry on. And I don't think that Jesus put them in this classroom situation and, you know, they got out their books and pencils and pens and all that kind of stuff, but he did it by modeling, by teaching. He taught things in real-life situations. He gave them opportunities to witness, to look, and to use what he had taught them. Opportunities not only to succeed, but to experience some great challenges as well. Let's take a look at Mark chapter 6, and we read where Jesus sends his disciples out for ministry. And this is from the message version of Scripture. This is what we read. Jesus called the twelve to him and sent them out in pairs. He gave them authority and power to deal with the evil opposition. He sent them out with these instructions. Don't think you need to carry a lot of extra equipment for this. You are the equipment. No special appeals for funds. Keep it simple. And no luxury ends. <laughs> Get a modest place. Be content there until you leave. If you're not welcome, not listened to, quietly withdraw. Don't make a scene. Shrug your shoulders. Be on your way. And then they were on the road. They preached with joyful urgency that life can be radically different. Right and left, they sent the demons packing. They brought wellness to the sick, anointing their bodies healing their spirits. Yeah. I really, um, something that caught my mind is that it says, don't think you need a lot of extra equipment for this. You are the equipment. And so we want to say to you this morning, Connection Church, you are the equipment. Jesus lives in you and you radiate, you shine Jesus out into that community. And again, we have a great opportunity to do that on Saturday together. And so, 
the disciples, they were able to go out and do what Jesus wanted them to do because they had been watching Jesus. They probably had a lot of questions along the way, and Jesus mentored and and guided them. And then they went forth, and they did what Jesus asked them to do. The disciples, they, they preached, they cast out demons, they healed the sick. The other most notable mentor other than Christ in the New Testament is the Apostle Paul. You might be familiar with him. He took several young men under his wing as he went preaching and uh, 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 going back to churches that he had started, supporting them, checking up on things. He had, there were guys like Silas and Barnabas and Luke who wrote one of the gospel stories. And, and also this young fellow named Timothy. Timothy, there's a couple books in the, in the New Testament that were uh, letters that he addressed to young Timothy. Now, those are four of the best known, but there were many others that he, that he took on as, as apprentices. And the thing about Paul, it's an interesting little side note here, is he did a Donald Trump impersonation in one case where he, in effect, fired a guy. John, also known as Mark, Paul and Barnabas, were going to return to a town where they had previously preached to think, see how things were going. And Barnabas really wanted to take this Mark, John Mark guy along, but Paul didn't like the idea because previously Mark had deserted him in one of their times together. And Paul was so adamant about him not going along that Barnabas then took Mark to Cyprus to do some missionary work, and Paul and Silas went in a different direction. And so the question is this. Who needs to be an apprentice? Who needs to be an apprentice? Well, someone to teach, someone to guide, someone to counsel them. Who needs that? We all do. Every single one of us needs to be an apprentice. Mentoring relationships are crucial in our spiritual development. They are absolutely important and And I'm not sure that we really take advantage of that as brothers and sisters in Christ. And so today, that's what we're going to focus on. We're going to focus on some life principles of being an apprentice. And then we're going to look at the guidelines for selecting a spiritual mentor. You ready to go with this? Get your pencils out. There's some things that you might want to write down. Okay, so we're going to start with the life principles. Number one life principle Become a lifelong student. Become a lifelong student. And some of you I know have uh, gone to college later in life. Uh, I know, hey, shoot, I went to seminary when I was 40. Every once in a while I think about taking a class, and then I think about how bad my memory is these days. But, um, you know, but you don't have to be formal in class, college, or that kind of thing. Student, be a lifelong be lifelong open to learning new things, to realizing that you don't know it all and neither do we. We constantly have to be realizing a humbleness of our spirit in terms of knowing that there's always more to learn, that we can ever go deeper spiritually, ever go deeper in the faith, that it would be helpful for us to have someone who could teach us, guide us, and counsel us. We need to take a page from Nola Ouch. Now, Nola, does anybody know Nola? Well, I met Nola online. She just graduated (laughs) through the YouTube, through a little uh, YouTube thing. I don't mean we... But anyway, uh, you'll know in a minute, even if that was the case. She graduated from uh, Fort 
Hayes State University on May the 14th, 2007. She graduated from Fort Hayes State at the ripe young age of 95. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 95. The world's oldest college graduate. Here's the best part. She's contemplating working on a master's degree. Now, we're not saying you need to go to college at 95. You need to get a master's degree. You know, it's not that thing. But, you know, like she, like she was, be open to always be open to learning more, especially spiritually speaking, to, to, to know that you don't know it all and to know that there are other people out there who uh, are in a position to help you to go deeper with your faith. Okay, so that is the first principle, become a lifelong student. The second principle is live with an open heart. Live with an open mind and a teachable spirit. Have you ever run into somebody who doesn't have a teachable spirit? I think there's an arrogance there. Have a teachable spirit. Allow, first of all, God to penetrate your heart and your mind, your soul, and allow God to direct you to those people who can really help you along the journey. To um, open your spirit, open your heart to what your mentor might be telling you. Don't close yourself off. Don't close your mind. Have that teachable spirit. But here's the thing. We have to be discerning, even in that teachable spirit, to discern that you know, ask the Holy Spirit to speak into our hearts. And that's why it's important to choose a mentor wisely. Because if you're going to listen to that person, it's important to, for that person to be aligned with Jesus. Have a teachable spirit. Mm-hmm. Remember the words um, that Paul said to Timothy. Here's what he says. He says, I have uh, been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice, and, I am persuaded, now lives in you also. You see how that worked? Um, there was kind of a mentoring going on. It went from Lois's grandmother, Timothy's grandmother, to Eunice, to Timothy himself. Um, what he learned as a child continues to live in him as he grows in his faith, as now um, uh, the Apostle Paul mentors him, and he is once again an apprentice Uh, to someone spiritually. Here's what Paul goes on to say to Timothy later on in that chapter. What you have heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Isn't that cool to hear? The good deposit entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. And so we see here that Timothy has been open to Paul's teachings in the past, and he continues to be open to the teaching of Paul as Paul writes this letter of encouragement and direction to Timothy. Paul's pouring himself into Timothy, and Timothy receives Paul's teaching with an open mind, an open heart, and an open spirit. Teachable spirit. So then number three would be imitate your mentor. Imitate your mentor. A few years ago, the praise team here 
went to uh, Pennsylvania. They had a training for, for praise teams. And at one point, I got the, had the privilege of going. And at one point, the praise team separated into the various things. If you were a singer, you went to this group. If you were a guitar, da-da-da-da. Being a percussion guy, I got to go to the percussion thing. And the guy who was leading it is a guy who's a very well, and he does a lot of studio work. In fact, some of the songs we do by a guy named Paul Balash, he has played drums on, on the CDs that we play. He's, he's an absolute professional uh, drummer, and he's, a, he's an excellent teacher as well. Well, in this session, he was going through some things, what you should do to be a better drummer. Some was, you know, this much practice time a day, do these rudiments, which are these certain drum things. But then the thing he pointed out was, uh, when you're playing a song like uh, you hear it on the CD, when you first do it, play it as close as possible to what the drummer's playing on that CD. In other words, imitate that guy. Imitate the master. This guy's a professional musician. If you're not a professional musician, you can learn something from it, and you can learn different styles. Imitate this guy, imitate this guy, imitate this guy. It's kind of like in, in, uh, when you learn to paint, what they used to teach, I don't know if they still do, but they taught you to imitate the masters. In other words, you paint like this guy did or this guy did. This. And once you do that, you can establish your own style. But before you can have your own style, you need to learn how the, the guys who really know how to do it, do it. And, and that's why imitation is so important. Well, the same is true as an apprentice. Imitate your mentor. Now, there's a well-known piece of scripture. You may have heard this. It's where Jesus instructs his disciples in a very clear way. The scene is the Last Supper. Jesus takes a basin of water and a bowl and a towel, and he goes around washing the feet of his, of his disciples. And here's what scripture tells us happened next. This is John chapter 13. After he had finished washing their feet, he took his robe, put it back on, and went back to his place at the table. Then he said, Do you understand what I have done to you? You address me as teacher and master, and rightly so. That is what I am. So if I, the master and teacher, washed your feet, what comes next? You must now wash each other's feet. See, Jesus says this, I've laid down a pattern for you. What I've done, you do. I'm only pointing out the obvious. A servant is not ranked above his master. An employee doesn't give orders to the employer. If you understand what I'm telling you, act like it and live a blessed life. And so this scene gives us a picture of the mentor-apprentice relationship. And as you can see, it is absolutely imperative to have a mentor who you can trust if you're going to imitate that person. And of course, the ultimate um, mentor would be Christ himself. But I think God has put people in our lives up close and personal, face to face, that can help us as well to, to learn about uh, connecting with, with Jesus in a, much, in a more personal fashion there. So then number four brings us to this. Put into practice what you learn. Put into practice. Here's what Paul shares in his letter to the church at Philippi. It's, it's great advice to follow as, a, um, as an apprentice. Here's what he said again from the message. Summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and 
meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Here you go. Put into practice what you have learned, what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that, and God, who makes everything work together, will work you into his most excellent harmonies. Isn't that a great line? Work you into his most excellent harmonies. I'm sorry. It's not just theory. Put it into practice. Take it from this idea stage and put it day-to-day in our lives. Live it out. So you might be wondering, okay, that's all well and good. How, how do I choose this mentor person? What do, how do I go about that? Well, here are some guidelines from um, a guy named Mike Shepard who, who, um, who shares this online, in an online Bible study entitled Becoming a Spiritual Apprentice. The first thing to do in choosing a mentor is choose someone who is Christ-like. Choose someone who's, who's a Christ follower. Paul tells this to the church at Corinth. He says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. So it's got to be somebody who's following Christ because when somebody follows Christ, Christ is in them, and then that just flows out. If you're going to imitate your mentor... If you're going to be open to what he or she says or guides or or helps you with in your spiritual growth, you better choose someone who's um, a God follower, who reads the scriptures, who who has a devotional life, who practices spiritual disciplines. Can you think of someone or a person or two who might fit that bill? Does anybody come to mind? If so, that's great. You might want to approach that person. And if not, we encourage you. Everybody's like looking around right now. I'm watching. This is cool. Okay. If not, think about it. Pray about it. Keep your eyes open. Your ears. Keep your heart open to what God is whispering into you to guide you to that mentor. And I would say don't wait for it to wash over you, be assertive, be on the lookout, be, you know, active in, in pursuit of that person. Okay, and then choose someone who is consistent. Here are the words of Hebrews 13, 7 through 8, New International Version. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever consistency. Now, Christ was consistent. Look for a mentor who is consistent, someone you can count on, someone who is steady, someone who is consistent. Give some thought to this. Is there someone you know whose spiritual life you would like to emulate? Someone whose spiritual life you say, wow, they really get it. And I think they could help me get it. You know, someone you would feel comfortable in helping guide your spiritual life. Someone who's not, mm-hmm, but someone who is consistent. And, and, and think of who that person would be a good choice for your mentor and consider pursuing that relationship, asking that person if they would consider mentoring you and allowing you to be their apprentice. Okay, so I'm going to go off the script a little bit, Randy, so don't freak out because you don't have the scripture. Um, how do you know if somebody's Christ-like? 
go right to Scripture, it's Galatians 5, we're going to see the fruit of the Holy Spirit come out in their lives. It will be obvious. You'll see the fruit of love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the fruit. If somebody, you know, talks about Jesus and they don't show some of this stuff, you just have, I have to wonder, quite honestly. Because when Christ is in us, there is fruit that is, we bear fruit when Christ is in us. So Galatians uh, 5.22 is one way that you might, one scripture that might want to uh, guide you. All right, next of all, choose someone who you can relate to and hopefully someone who is close by. You know, when someone has a sponsor or a mentor in in a 12-step program, that is someone, a person who has walked before them, someone who isn't just talking theory, um, but they have a vantage point that is very, very helpful. And so when we're looking for a mentor, find someone who you can relate to, someone who may have walked where you've walked or uh, that you kind of resonate with, someone who you click with, but who will also hold you accountable. Um, The best mentor-apprentice relationship might be, would be somebody who you have some contact with, someone who is close by, close enough that you could spend a little bit of time together on a regular basis and who understands um, where you've been and where you're going. Okay, so the final point this morning is this. Who needs a mentor? Everybody. Every single person in here. Even if you are a mentor to someone, you also need a mentor, somebody to guide you along the way, somebody who you can pick, you know, you can just pick their brain. Even the professional counselors have someone who they talk to. Being an apprentice lasts a lifetime. We never stop that. So each one of us will always need a mentor. Mm. Sometimes when we get along in the faith, uh, we uh, get to a certain point, I think sometimes we uh, find mentors who are um, maybe not face-to-face, but uh, maybe you find some uh, well-known spiritual person, uh, look to them, maybe you read their books or listen to podcasts or that kind of thing, and, and, and they serve as mentors in that fashion, and there's nothing wrong with that. I know uh, I consider a guy named Craig Barnes, who I quote, have quoted many times, a mentor. I've read a lot of his stuff, and it has uh, greatly influenced me spiritually, and I have other long-distance, what I would call impersonal, they're impersonal because we don't have a personal relationship, impersonal mentors. But the thing is this, for me to say that I have my mentor need completely satisfied by these long-distance personal mentors is a cop-out. It's a co- it doesn't mean to say they don't have value and that I'm not going to continue to read their stuff and, and, and learn from it, and they're not going to continue uh, in, in the way we do to, to mentor me. 
But the fact that we are not face-to-face, that we are not, they don't know me personally, for me to say, oh, that satisfies my need for a mentor, again, is an absolute cop-out. And if, if you're there, I think it's a cop-out for you as well. I'll just put it on the line there. If I'm stepping on the toes, um, I hope you'll recover. Um, but that's, what I, that's the way it is. That's not to say that you shouldn't be reading the giants of the faith, you know, the spiritual giants and that kind of thing, and learning from them. But I think we need personal contact, someone who can, um, can, can hold us accountable, someone who can celebrate when we get it right, and someone who can kind of keep us on the right path when we're getting off of the right path, someone who knows our weaknesses, someone who knows our strengths, someone we are face-to-face with. Um, we had that a few years ago when we first started the church. We had a, a pastor fellow who'd been in the, in, in, the, uh, in the church a long time, and gosh, he just did such a really good job of gently guiding us, and, and usually just by asking simple questions, not telling us what we should do, but drawing it out of us. Uh, circumstances changed, and, and he wasn't able to continue in that role with us, and that's unfortunate because since him, I have been without a, a true mentor in that sense, and, and on occasion I've kind of thought about it, but when, I wrote the me- or when we wrote the message for this morning, I realized just how much I'm missing out because of that. And um, um, I realized that I need someone to mentor me, someone who I can trust to be um, uh, a spiritual guide in my life. And, and I will pledge this, I will faithfully and prayerfully search to find that person who God intends for me to have with that relationship because it's just too crucial not to have that person in my life. And so we encourage you to do the same thing. For you to, um, to dig deep, take a look at, at where you're at. If you are already an apprentice, if you already have a mentor, that's great. That is awesome. Keep it up. If not, take some time today and in the days ahead to consider that, to give some thought and prayer to who that mentor might be. Who is it that God is putting in your path to guide and teach and encourage and counsel, ask the hard questions in your life? Now, if you're in a small group, that's a good start because one of the byproducts of having that community life together is you just may find a mentor. Now, if you are already a mentor, thank you, praise God, that's, that's awesome. Keep in mind that if you are a mentor, you also need to be mentored. We never get there. We all need to have a teachable spirit. There are people along the way that God puts in our paths who really can guide us every step of the way, no matter where we are on our spiritual journey. And so we would encourage each of you today to not just leave here and say, oh, that was a nice little message. Good luck, Alan, on finding your new mentor. I would challenge each of you, we would, to take some time during this last song and prayerfully consider, God, uh, do I have a mentor? And if not, can you help me? Search your soul, 
ask God to help you search, who would that person be that could help guide you in your spiritual journey? Who would that person be that's not afraid to maybe ask you the tough question? Who would that person be that you can celebrate with, but who also can help guide and direct you as you get ever closer to Christ? Ask God to help you find your Paul, who would be your guide, your teacher, and your counselor in your spiritual walk. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Holy God, I pray for each one of us here. If we do not have a mentor, we ask that you would um, guide us and give us uh, direction. Help us to find that person who we can trust, who, who we can um, allow uh, to be a, a little bit vulnerable with, that, that we can look to to give us some direction uh, through, that you can work through to give us direction. I pray uh, that, that we would be open. It's in Christ and in your Holy Spirit we pray. Those gathered here this morning said, Amen. Thank you for taking part in sharing the message for this week. For more information about Connection Community Church, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also reach our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that He offers.